Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Wow, it's so good to see everyone here. We have a, uh, an amazing night planned uh, for us. It's going to be so good. They've invited me to be a part of it, and I'm going to be asking some people some questions. We have a Q&A that's happening. So if, you have, if you've already submitted questions, we have some questions we're going to ask tonight. But then if you have some of your own questions have, that has to do with anything of the Bible, of the, what's happening in our world today, like literally, Pastor Daniel said, nothing's off limits. So you can go and you can text Res Life to 94000, or you can go at the back table and fill out um, your question and drop it in the little box. But we, we're going to do three weeks of these Q&As, and I am ready for them. Are you guys ready for them? So tonight we have Pastor Duane and Jeannie who are going to be coming up with Pastor Jesse and Madi, and then Pastor Daniel and Amanda. So welcome them up to the stage as we get started. This is going to be fun. You guys ready to go? Switchy. You just, Maddie told me that she didn't want any of the questions. Okay? Listen, so I told her, I said, I said I'm going to be asking you all the questions. What is this? I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, you, okay. see, you sat closest good. to me. You know I'm going to ask all the questions Praise now. Praise the Lord. All right. So how's everyone doing tonight? Good. Good. You guys ready for this? Are you guys ready to jump right in? Well, we got these questions locked and loaded. So how this is going to work is I have a list of questions. I'll ask it to you guys. And then whoever wants to jump in first, just volunteer yourself. If nobody... I you, volunteer. You volunteer. <laughs> if nobody volunteers, I'm going to pick on someone. I just want to pray. You want to pray? Yes. Like, oh, God, we thank you that we can come to you with everything our heart is wondering and asking. And we thank you, for Holy Spirit, that you have the answers. We just ask for the, your blessing and direction and guidance because we want to hear from your heart and increase in revelation knowledge of you and your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So our first question uh, tonight is... Is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol? Is it okay for a Christian? I really have something. I'm not trying to be. Um, <laughs> you go for it. This take is over. Great. I'll, I'll talk at the beginning and then fine. I'll totally quit. But I have a testimony about this. Um, that well, I grew up in a home that did not drink. Did not. I, I really knew nothing. My dad didn't even drink coffee. He drank postum. I mean, you know, we just had milk. We had cows. We drank milk and tang. And. Um, <laughs> But except for when I was, um, we were exploring down by the creek and making a fort and we found a bottle of beer and it looked like pee and smelled like it too. So I just like, I don't know why people ever drink that stuff, but that... I never heard that story. Oh, yeah, well, that's one. But anyway, after I grew up and left home and, and, and then you get out and... People invite you to weddings and other things, and they serve wine and other things. So I went to the Lord, and I thought, God, I want to know. What do you think about this? I mean, I grew up without this, but, but um, I need it to be a conviction of my own heart. Is this something? So I asked God, should I or shouldn't I drink? And then I started writing down everything I could find in the Bible. And I found out the Bible doesn't really say, thou shalt not drink. But it does say, and... Um, I can give you the, where it's found, but, um, or I can just say it. Do I give them the scripture? How about just the 
Okay, well, Proverbs, Proverbs 23. 23 says, to, um, this says, the Bible says, drink if you want to become poor, clothed in rags, to have woe, sorrow, strife, complaints, wounds without cause, needless bruises, bloodshot eyes, be bit, be poisoned, not see clearly, be confused, sleep insecurely, be insensitive, be mocked, get in fights, be quarrelsome, um, not be wise, be led astray, lose your understanding, have your heart enslaved, stagger, lose track of the right way, make mistakes, be befuddled, be consumed by it, unable to carry out your vision, not reach your goals, stumble in judgment when rendering decisions, cover your tables with vomit and your home with filth, not be wise, not understand the will of God, replace the Spirit of God in your life. If you want to leave God's presence, um, anything fermented was not allowed in His presence, reveal too much of yourself and cause others to stumble. If you don't want to rule nor reign in life, nor treat your loved ones right, forget what's right, deprive others of their rights, be numb to your misery, but not improve anything. And then um, Proverbs 23.30 says, doesn't just say only those who go chug-a-lug, but who go to sample. It started with, uh, I mean, I just was writing down the whole list of what, what was in the, in the scriptures. And I kind of came to the conclusion that it's probably not a good idea. Um, and it's not like people in the Bible didn't have wine and drink, and a lot of times it got them in trouble. It was just one of those things that to me, I, it just um, was something I could just say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. And, and it leads, like Dwayne says, that, that it's never improved somebody's life. So that was my advice that I got from the Word. All right. Well, Good. Let me, let me, can I jump in? Jump in. I can jump, jump in. in. Okay. Jump in. I'm going to take a, a, like a little journey to get there. So the Pharisees come to Jesus and say, can we divorce our wives? And Jesus says, uh, in the beginning, God made them male and female. God joined them and let not man separate. And they said, well, Moses permitted us. Moses gave us a certificate of divorce. And Jesus said, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But this is what he said. In the beginning, it was not so. In the beginning, it was not so. So in, in Bible interpretation, there is what is called the rule or the principle of first mention. So Jesus, when they're wondering about marriage, he takes them back to the beginning. And he says, the first time, this is how it was put up. This is how, because you're going to find out, uh, when you look at the first time something's mentioned in the Bible, you'll find the principles uh, about that thing that go clear through the Bible and are always true in life. So, taking the principle of first mention, the first mention of alcohol is with Noah. Okay. Noah gets drunk. He's in his tent. Um, his son, Ham, you know, you read your King James and it says he saw, but uh, it says what he did to him, right? There was something, there, there was a perverted sexual act that took place. And the result was a curse that came on his grandson. Okay. So, when you look at the first time it's mentioned, it, it, uh, there's nothing good. Let me say it this way. There was nothing good. Right? Now, somebody says, is it permissible? Yes, it is. It is not a sin to have a beer. It's not a sin to have a glass of wine. However, it is a sin to get drunk. Okay? And a lot of times, it's not so much what is permitted, but what is wise. 
what's wise? Right? So ask yourself, is it wise for me to do this? Not is it permissible, but is it wise? And uh, I would say use that to judge what you should do and shouldn't do. And again, when you look at the principle of first mentioned, the first time it's mentioned, there's just nothing good that comes as a result. And as I've said to Jeannie many times, I've never met anybody who said, man, I started drinking and my life is now great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the opposite is quite often true. So it's, I would say it's not a sin, but you should ask yourself, is it wise? Anybody else? Go for it. All right, I'll go. I'm like watching you, Daniel. Uh, yeah, this is great stuff. And I'm like, okay, how do I follow? But if I can give my personal um, testimony through this and, I love how Pastor Dwayne talked about principles and going to the beginning because you'll hear, you know, through the scriptures, even in the Old Testament and New Testament about, you know, just don't get drunk. Um, But when I go to the book of Genesis chapter two, uh, you'll see where God created Adam. And it says the man is what actually says, uh, which is Adam. And he puts him in the garden and he says, all this is yours. I'm paraphrasing. All this is yours. And he goes, just the tree of God, knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat its fruit. You fast forward a few verses, you're in chapter three, verse three, and Eve's here and the serpent does its crafty thing with Eve um, and kind of questions Eve about God's word and twists it a little bit. And I love how Eve responds. It's before the fall. You got to remember that. So Eve responds, the Lord commanded us not to eat, actually not to touch the tree. I went back a lot to the back to chapter two and I looked at every translation. Did God tell Adam not to touch the tree. And I did not see it in scripture. He said, just don't eat its fruits. But in that process, I believe the Lord and Adam taught Eve as well to say, hey, let's just raise the standard and not touch the tree. Yeah, to not go near it. And so as as that happens, I just saw the standard go high. Now, obviously, you guys know the story. Um, She gets too close and she falls. I take that principle when it comes to alcohol itself. Jake, I grew up um, with the family that drank. And I saw that I made bad choices when I was a teenager. Um, so I've seen destruction. I've seen it uh, firsthand as a child growing up. Uh, and then I, I was a part of it as well. So I took that principle and I said, you know what? Yeah, maybe it's not a sin to have one beer or, or one cup of wine or glass of wine, but I'm just going to not touch the tree, if that, if that makes any sense. I'm just, just going to take that standard and go up high, because I'm thinking about my children as well, the generations to come. And I just really, that's a personal thing that the Lord's put in my heart. Um, I don't want to judge anybody that feels opposite about it, because I still want to continue to do life and be the light of Christ. So that's, that's my, my uh, answer towards that. You wanna, Daniel, do you want to touch on it? There's a lot. But if we all say everything that there is to say on this one, we won't make it to any other questions. So I'm going to let the wisdom that has been spoken be spoken and then look for the next ones. Can can I just, can I offer, uh, get some commentary on a few, I think, rebuttals that people would often give to that. So obviously you have Jesus' first miracle, which Jesus literally turns this massive amount of water into wine, and then presumably everyone gets drunk, right? And so you have Jesus turning water into wine, and then you have in 1 Timothy 5, where Paul instructs Timothy, stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. And so just to give those little rebuttals, how would you respond to those scriptures and to those verses when, yeah, when it comes to this topic? All right, so 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, 
Sorry, verse 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Uh, when it talks about being sober there, it's not actually the reference to being not intoxicated, but being alert and having your senses be ready because there's someone who's out to destroy you. I would look and agree, you know, with Pastor Dwayne, the Bible says it's a sin to get drunk. It doesn't say that it's a sin to have a drink. And there's spots where Jesus made wine. There's spots where he mentions it to Timothy. There's a spot in Deuteronomy. But you have an enemy who's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's trying to get you off your guard. Alcohol is designed to take you off your guard. It's designed to slow your thinking. Like that's, that's what it does. It's a suppressant. And when we do, we then open ourselves up when there's an enemy that's trying to destroy you. And you see it in, with Noah. You see it with Lot in the Bible where they, under the influence of alcohol, they got into things and didn't even realize the things that they got into. And that becomes the case for so many people where they go, oh, this is going to be relaxing. This is going to be this. And then they end up with damage in their relationships. They end up with making a choice that they wouldn't have made if they were thinking clearly. And I think if you're in a battle, that having your senses dulled is a bad idea. And the Bible says we're in a battle. I think there's a reason that it will say spirits and food. (laughs) Because you can open yourself up to the wrong spirit. Here in Proverbs 31... Um, Solomon said, give beer to those who are perishing, wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. And I just read that and I thought, you know what? I personally do not want to perish. I don't want to be anxious, bitter, poor, stuck in misery. I'd rather be changed from glory to glory to glory and, and learn how to... how." Let the Holy Spirit deal with issues in my life rather than cover them up. But it does say, you know, it's, if, if they're not going to turn to God, here's something that might dull their, their feelings. So. And as far as the, the thing with Timothy, uh, I think we all know, first century, that they did not have proper sanitation. And water was polluted. And that was the reason why he said, you know, use some wine. Because there's such, so much pollution in the water. You know, you think about the third world countries. They tell us, you know, when you go there, the wise thing is not to drink the water. And I've learned to compare that with how it was at that time with that water. Even with the Jesus turning the water into wine? From what the question was earlier with the, yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Timothy. Okay, so just the Timothy thing. Cool. Let's move on to the next question. What has been the most difficult challenge you and your spouse or you individually has had to overcome? And how did you overcome it? Most difficult situation. It I'm sounds... selfish and I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so hot. Maddie, why don't you go for it? Hey, Amanda, remember you were talking to me that one time? <laughs> no, I think for me, like when I, when I saw that question... Um, we, we're all going to have different answers, of course, to that. But for, for Jesse and I, I would say together and individually during this time, um, we've been in ministry for a little bit. And 
We loved working together. We loved serving together. That's what we learned from pastors that do it together, grow together, right? And so there was a season in our marriage when we started leading a church, and that's where it got funky. Funky. <laughs> it got a little funky. It got a little pressure, a little, a little something happened in that season for us that made a little, uh, our lives seem different, our marriage and our ministry. How do you do that at the same time with family? And so not to take up all the time, but for us, that's when I started feeling, whew, I started feeling like, is it ministry and then marriage? Is it marriage, then ministry? Now, these are our leaders, y'all, okay? These are our leaders, and we know, but the enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And so he wants to take out those who are doing kingdom work, right? So when we are generations pastors, we're doing it together. It was awesome. We had little issues here and there, junior high, senior high. You remember that, right? It's good times. But something about leading the church, it was something different. And it caused Jesse and I to really look at our marriage, again, this is individual, and say, what is most important? right? We love the people. I want to see the people change. I want to see the people delivered, restored, renewed. But if that's not even happening at home, what are we doing? Right? What are we doing? And so for us, we got counsel. And I know that sounds oh, what? The pastors, the lead pastors got counsel? You know, we did. We went to people who love us, who want us to thrive and to grow. And for us, it helped us bring priority back. Come on, everyone. Priority, right? Because it's God first. Yes. Some of us like to put ministry and God in the same pocket. That's not the same pocket. It's God first, then our spouse and our family. And then it's that ministry, right, Pastor? I just want to get your okay. <laughs> I was called sir. It's okay. But that for us was our biggest challenge. And I have to say, we trucked through it. We didn't give up. We didn't stop. We just said, hey, I know we're going through a funk. We're going through some feels, but I don't go through my feels. I go through what the word of God says, and I'm going to keep trucking through it because the enemy wants to take this out so that we do not do the thing that God has called us to do. So that's what I got. You know, and just to... Give her a paw. That was awesome. You know, and the, the quick how, like Maddie talked about priorities, and she's completely, completely right. The priorities is what got us. And uh, Pastor Dwayne would always say, love God and love your wife. Everything will be okay. And I had to discover what does that look like? You know, and like Maddie said, it, it was the priorities of, of us making sure that we continue to put that. And the one scripture I kept, and this is why I, wanted, I got the mic, the one scripture that kept me going, because maybe you're in this position as well, is bad company corrupts good morals. And I had to surround myself around an army of men who feared God and who had at least 10 to 15 years ahead of me, Hallelujah. you know, that, that kept me going. And, and I did that and it was intentional. And I think that was a priority in our life that really helped us overcome. Yeah. Thank you guys. 
Oh, I can confess yours or ours. <laughs> no, so we were talking about this, and it was, oh, we, we, we got looked at this question and thought, well, what would be the hardest thing or the most difficult thing and started listing off things that we've been through, um, whether it was months of bed rest, whether it was medical stuff where um, life was in danger, time with babies in NICU, uh, conversations and misunderstandings that resulted in the disappearance of 40% of a year's salary. We went through this list of different things and then realized it's not the things that you go, that happen around you that are the biggest deal. It's what's happening inside you. And our biggest challenge was the kitchen. Like we, we have, we have navigated medical tragedies. We have like bad reports from doctors. We've done hospital stays, but all these different things, but discovered that if we can set our eyes on God and if we can keep our focus on him, though the storms may rage around us, that we can walk right through them. But when we get stuck on ourselves, and when we don't communicate well, then we can have tension over how to cook or over where rags are in the kitchen. Like you can have conflict over things that are stupid and learning that if we'll fix our eyes on him and go, God, I want to do it your way, regardless of what's going on around me, that we can have peace even when the storms are raging around us. And if you don't do it his way, it can be the smallest breeze from the outside that knocks you over. Can I justify why I didn't flip that tortilla that my first month of marriage? <laughs> I didn't want conflict in the kitchen, man. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, we were laughing just at all the big things that you would assume would be our battles, but those were like, we were totally fine. It's the little things like learning to communicate. For me... I don't even realize a lot of times what I say. I grew up with my mom and my sister and didn't really understand the value of respect or how to word things nicely. <laughs> so sometimes we would, like, in the kitchen, I would say something, and, and he's like, what? do you realize what you just said? Yeah, I did. I'll say it again. <laughs> what's, your, like, what's your problem? I don't know. <laughs> but thankfully, he never gave up on me or got so frustrated that he just stomped off from the kitchen. He would just keep trying to re-explain, you know, Honey, when you said it that way, this is how it made me feel. I'm like, what? That's not what I meant. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, part of it is learning that we're different. We're created differently. We have different personalities. We come from different backgrounds. And so learning how to communicate in a way that honors and loves each other, because he does such a good job of honoring me and respecting me and making me feel valued. And I think most of our issues have come from me not even realizing that I'm not being honoring. Um, But thankfully... He doesn't give up because I feel like we've seen other instances in other people's lives where you kind of set, they call them minefields. <laughs> you have like this, like, well, I'll just never go into the kitchen again because she just is too ornery or, you know, doesn't explain things well and makes me feel belittled, makes me feel like a child. And you know, I think that he's able to say, hey, when you say things like that, it makes me feel like a child and I don't like it when you treat me that way. And because both of us have this desire to honor the Lord, it's never this power play or this, well, how dare you? Well, you just need to get over it. We have to realize, like, okay, sometimes I have to pray, you know, like, okay, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. What do I do? <laughs> you know, like, I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> but thankfully, the Holy Spirit is always there to say, well, hey, here is what you need to understand to help you to love your husband well and to help me to say things in a way that brings honor and respect to him. And when we've come from things from that standpoint of wanting to always honor God, no matter what we're doing or what we're saying or how right we f- I feel I am or whatever, 
that that always kind of diffuses whatever it is we're going through, and it's always over within a matter of moments. And it's never a screaming match or a fight. It's a let's have a conversation and a I don't understand. Well, I don't understand. You know, we're able to have conflict or have a discussion or a disagreement where we both at the end still feel loved and valued and are able to move on from it. That's good. Let's, uh, we're going to zip through some of these questions like really fast. So I'm going to have one person answer. I think we're going to do like four questions right in a row. And then we'll have an end on the, on a, on a, on a question number seven. But we, we, we won't get through all of them. That's okay. Oh, yeah. I want to zip through four, though. They're pretty easy questions. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I wanted to ask Pastor Jeannie and Pastor Dwayne your, your response. How do you battle nightmares? Someone has nightmares. Stay asleep. <laughs> No, but nightmares happen when you're sleeping. Yeah, so. But if you're sleeping, then you have. How do you battle? How do you? If somebody's having nightmares, how do you battle them? I got it. I got it. I have funny mares, not. You have funny mares. I worked so hard on this one because it's so good. Can I do it? Can you do it? You down with it? Okay. All right. Listen. Are you the same girl who said I don't want to answer anything? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I was. Okay. Real quick. Real quick. Ready? 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 Okay. What I fill my mind with will be the front lines of my thoughts, right? Whatever you focus on grows within you, and whatever grows within you, you become, right? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Say, I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. That means you're not crazy, right? Sound yeah. means you're not crazy. So that, I started with that, that scripture because my daughter, I'm going to do this really fast. I know you're like, hurry up, Mari. No, okay. Not. My We're daughter fine. was starting to have really bad nightmares. And at first it was very scary because I wasn't, I had no idea why she's not watching things. We don't want her to watch things. We don't, any of the children watch things to get them in their minds. So I was like, where is this coming from? Well, it didn't necessarily really matter where it was coming from. But it what mattered was what I was putting in her because she would get scared, but I would always say, no, 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 you do not have the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And I did it like that too in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning. You have the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And she'd be like, oh, spirit of fear, you know, she's crying. So I was like, you know what? Something's happening and I want to empower my daughter with these nightmares, Okay. So then when she would have a nightmare, I would say, honey, say Jesus, say Jesus, say Jesus, say Jesus. And she would be in the nightmare. This is how, why it was scary, because she would be in the nightmare, but not awake. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And so I'd be like, baby, say Jesus. And at first it would be like, <sighs> and then she starts saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she'd wake up and then she'd stop crying. But before, she would just keep crying and say, why is this happening? But the moment I gave her words to say that empowered her, that gave her strength, then she started doing it on her own. And she would wake up in the morning. I'd wake up in the morning. I'd say, how's your sleep? She's like, I had a nightmare. But I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she just stopped. And it just stopped happening. I'm not sure if it stopped happening, but she had power over those nightmares. That's good. That's really good. That was amazing, baby. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're going to ask this question. Uh, will we, by we married people, still be married in heaven? I hope so. 
<laughs> I don't know about all y'all, but we will. We like each other. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Right. You hope so? But, yeah, but Jesus said, you will need a <laughs> uh, Jesus all said all kinds of great stuff, but that one thing. He said that in the kingdom of heaven or in, in, uh, in heaven, he said you will neither marry nor given, will be given in marriage, but be like the angels. So we're still planning on living together, even if we're not married. <laughs> Same. <laughs> well, it did it That's says you good. Won't, you That's won't be good. marrying or be given in marriage, but if you're already married when you get there, I vote. If God gives us a vote, we're sticking <laughs> together. That's what we Kingdom. said. We said if we get a choice, we're sticking together. Yes. <laughs> that's good. Um, Zip through them, Jake. I, I think that's all we have time for. I mean, we have two more weeks of questions that we'll get through a bunch of other questions as well. So, uh, Daniel, are you going to close us out here? Um, yeah, so... As I was kind of looking, we're going through these different things, whether it's the storms you're going through and the foundations that you're on, whether it's as you, you battle things at night, um, no matter what it is that you're going through, God is the answer. He is, he is the foundation that a successful life is built on. In, in your personal life, in your financial life, in your marriage, every part of it, a winning life comes from knowing him. A winning life comes from not just knowing who he is, but letting him be the foundation. But listening and going, all right, God, I'm going to do life your way. And as we go through these different questions, I have a question for you. Are you doing life built on him? Have you built your life on him? Have you given your life to him because he gave his life for you and wants a relationship with you? And I want to give an opportunity for, for anyone here who says, you know what? I don't. I don't have a relationship with him. I don't know that I'm right with God. And I want to give my life to him. I want to know that I'm right with him on my way to heaven. And I want him to guide my life. Can everyone bow their heads, close their eyes? Um, if you're here or if you're online, if you're watching and you say, today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, then I want to give you that opportunity. So when I say three, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, Go ahead and say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want my life founded in him. Awesome. I see your hand and your hand. Who else says, that's me? Another one over here. Awesome. Who else? Another one back there. Who else says, that's me? Awesome. We're going to say a prayer. The Bible says that whoever calls in his name will be saved. So we're going we're gonna to do just that. So go ahead and join me as we say this. Say, God, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made. I repent from my sins. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I choose to live for you from this day forward. I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.